now. And now. From Greater Santon and beyond. Get ready for the Santon Times Hour. With your host, Alexander. That's it, straight into the hour, ladies and gentlemen, everyone in between and beyond. It's the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and also available on all good digital audio platforms. I'm Alexander Leipner and this is edition 143. It's week five of 2024. And with that, January is almost over. It's midday in Miami, 5 p.m. in Dublin, 9 p.m. in Dubai and 1 a.m. in Singapore and of course 4 a.m. in Sydney. And it's good to have you. Join me for the show. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email editor at santantimes.ca.za with your feedback, your thoughts, your comments, your suggestions. You can also connect on social media at Santantimes and also visit the website www.santantimes.ca.za. And if you're listening right now on Mix 93.8 in real time, the WhatsApp line is open. So use it 084-822-0938. That's 084-822-0938. And a very special welcome to everyone listening for the very first time. If this is the first time you've tuned in or you've stumbled across the show, well, welcome. Join the team, join the community, and um, of course, be part of the Santon Times Our Nation, which is in Johannesburg and Pretoria. They're across South Africa and everywhere else in the world. They're listening online and they're listening on air. And wherever they are, I always welcome them and I always tell them that all is well in Santon land. Then, of course, I've got my left-hand man right behind the mixing desk, Vincenzo. Buongiorno. Good to have you here again. And it seems like we're, we're back into it. After two weeks, I feel like we, we know what we're doing again. We've uh, dusted off the December rust, and we know what to do and when to do it. Well, this week, it's the second part of my two-part Mondelung. And if you don't sprechen uh, de tal, in terms of Mondelung being an Afrikaans word, it's... Uh, the Afrikaans equivalent of saying show and tell or an oral presentation. And uh, last week I started off with telling you what I got up to over December. This week we conclude all of that uh, with a second part. And uh, as mentioned last week, I headed out to Miami and Orlando in Florida. And I'd never been to any one of those. I'd never been to the United States. I'd never been to these cities. I'd never been to the to anywhere close to there. So it was really quite something. And um, last week we covered Miami. And this week, I hope you are going to be kicking back with me once more over the next hour as we do uh, some more armchair traveling uh, to Orlando, where we visit Disney World, Universal Studios, the Kennedy Space Center, and of course, so much more. And let me warn you, the next hour is truly for the dreamers out there, those who believe in a bit of magic. And of course, if you have a sense of wonder, well, you are invited. And uh, yeah. Who said the Santon Times Hour was just about Santon? No, 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 no. If you've been listening for a while, you know we go beyond the borders and we do so much more and we're going to be doing so much more this year. So be warned. Coming up on this week's show, we're heading to Orlando, catching a ride on the first railway project to be completed in over 100 years in the United States. And it's quite something I'm going to tell you a little bit about that experience. Then I'll take you on a tour of the Kennedy Space Center and head into the new frontier of space. I'm going to give you the full story on that. And then uh, we get a chance to chat to one of the many resorts in Orlando to give you a bit of a taste of what to expect, where to look, what you can do. And uh, we'll also give you all the details on that. And finally, I take you through my travel notes of Universal Studios, Walt Disney World, and why you might want to add these two remarkable destinations to your travel dream list, maybe for 2024, maybe for 2025. 
Who knows? So if you're in the car, you can keep your seatbelt on. And uh, wherever else you are, if you're not listening from the car, well, you can strap yourself in and let's head out to a magical place for both adults and kids alike. And what better way to get uh, this hour of magic and dreaming started than with this remake by Ariana Grande and John Legend. It's the title track of Beauty and the Beast right here on the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8. Promote your brand. Advertise your business. Our audience could be your next client. Contact the Santon Times today. The latest news. The biggest names. The best destinations. The hottest entertainment. This is the Santon Times Hour. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and available on all good digital audio platforms. And also a mobile app. If you're listening on the Listen app, welcome to you as well. And that was Ariana Grande and John Legend with Beauty and the Beast. If you get a chance to see this story as a live performance, which they did at... uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. It's truly amazing. It really is magical. And uh, I do see that there's a a musical stage production that is making its way around. I see it's being uh, staged in in Australia at the moment. Uh, And uh, I do hope that we also get a chance to have that performance take place in South Africa. You have to see it. So if you just joined us, welcome to the uh, second chapter as uh, I follow on last week's discussion around cruising and cruise ships and Miami. Uh, And that was on the Santon Times Hour last week. And uh, if you didn't manage to listen to that, well, you can catch it on the podcast archive. So go on to uh, the Santon Times Hour podcast on all the leading digital audio platforms and you can have a listen to that. And then you can listen to this, or you can listen to this first and then decide to do a catch-up afterwards, whichever way you want to. This week, the journey continues onwards to Orlando in Florida, and uh, it's home to Universal Studios, Disney World, the Kennedy Space Center, and so many more attractions. And uh, I'm going to be recounting some of my personal impressions, and I hope that it inspires you to uh, consider possibly taking a trip at some point, maybe later this year, maybe uh, you've got some extended holiday plans, maybe you've got some kids who are still young and you think, mm, let me wait a little bit and uh, maybe we should do that trip when they're a little bit older. Well, let's pick up from where we left off last week. So I was in Miami and then decided, well, it's time to head off to Orlando to go see all the many things that I've listed already. And uh, there was a new uh, way of getting to Orlando. You know, you can get onto the flights and I mean, domestic air travel in the United States, I mean, Let's take a train. I love a good train ride. I had a fantastic train experience uh, in Europe. I also had a wonderful train experience when I went to South Korea. And it's a great way of actually seeing the country. Because in a plane, you take off, you land 40 minutes later, an hour later, and you haven't seen anything. Get on a train. It's a little bit longer, but it's very comfortable. You don't have that tedious boarding uh, process. And you can actually just look out the window and see what the countryside looks like and maybe, you know, pick up a couple of impressions. So it's been a decade in the making and uh, Brightline, which is this new uh, high-speed train, launched uh, in 2023 in September. And uh, it hopes to reinvent train travel in the United States. And uh, like I mentioned, it's uh, the first time in over 100 years that this kind of rail infrastructure has been built. And kind of picture, if I had to give you an idea of what it looks like. So paint paint you a picture of like the Chow train. Very similar. Very, very similar. Obviously made for longer distance, so the seats are a little bit more sort of business class seats with tables and 
charging ports and all that kind of stuff and Wi-Fi and there's catering, etc. But very much the same kind of experience, but not just going from suburb to suburb or to the airport and back. Like this is going from city to city. And um, the Brightline uh, train project, the entire thing, currently runs 32 trains daily. And uh, they've got 16 departures between Miami and Orlando. And to give you an idea, so Miami to Orlando is roughly the same distance as Johannesburg to Bloemfontein. It's considered to be one of the uh, boldest private infrastructure projects uh, of a very long time. And the $6 billion project claims to have generated substantial economic benefits for Florida, something along the lines of creating 10,000 jobs and uh, about $6.4 billion in direct economic impact for the region. And construction teams worked around 7 million hours over the course of four years to complete uh, this rail network. It takes you about, I'd say, three to three and a half hours to get from Miami to Orlando. So it's not a ridiculous amount of time. And once I said, like, you know, you kind of look out the window, do a little bit of work, you know, you can have a, a snooze if you want to, you know, you can have something to eat, something to drink. It's a really fabulous experience. And it's a little bit like checking into a plane. So you get there, uh, they've got a, a really nice station, uh, there's a check-in counter, you can drop off your luggage, they pack your luggage in, and then there's like a little bit of a lounge and a waiting room, and then when it's time to board, they call you, and you get on, and it's ready to go. And on the other side, you kind of have a very similar thing once you get to Orlando. Uh, the nice thing about the one in Orlando is that it is connected to the Orlando International Airport. Brand new, I mean, fresh out of the box, it looks amazing. The train also has uh, the Starlink Wi-Fi and uh, also, like I said, all the different accessories that you need to uh, to have a great trip. Now, if you had to get on this train, what would it cost you? Well, the ticket prices are between a thousand five hundred and two and a half thousand per person, give or take, uh, depending on the season and uh, obviously demand, etc. But Given the experience, I mean, could you imagine having something like this between Johannesburg and Durban, Johannesburg and Cape Town? How amazing and not unreasonably expensive compared to maybe taking a car or a bus or even uh, some of the domestic flights. I mean, I've seen some ridiculous prices over December having to fly to Cape Town. So, um, yeah, it was a really fabulous experience. Uh, really great to uh, get to uh, see the bright line, and uh, hopefully uh, it'll be expanding. It's uh, There are plans afoot to now take this concept and uh, do one between Los Angeles and Vegas, uh, and that should kick off uh, pretty soon. So yeah, a really fantastic experience. Let's take a quick break. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Online. On air. Anywhere. Anytime. This is the Santon Times Hour. listening to the Santon Times Hour. That's right, you're listening to the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8 and chatting about my December escapades. Uh, and this week we're chatting about Orlando. And uh, one of the must-do excursions is uh, visiting the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Complex at Cape Canaveral, which is roughly an hour outside of Orlando by car. It's a multi-user spaceport and it sounds like something obvious that you must visit and let me just confirm that for you it truly is i wasn't too sure initially because i'd read some reviews online and i thought mm, okay you know is it just going to be basic stuff is it going to be interesting it is amazing it is fascinating i mean in some instances i almost felt like this was my number one attraction after visiting orlando but there was more to come but anyway so the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, which we know as NASA, was founded under the Eisenhower administration way back when. 
And that was kind of the start of wanting to go into space. And uh, Eisenhower decided, well, it is going to be a, a civilian administration. It wasn't going to fall under some sort of military complex or under some military command because he knew, uh, according to our tour guide on this uh, journey, uh, that it would become politics. You know, the Navy wouldn't speak to the Air Force, the Air Force wouldn't speak to uh, to the Army, and, you know, they wouldn't share information, et cetera, et cetera. But if you made it a civilian administration project and a civilian organization, well, all those departments would just hand over the information that they had and the stuff that they were working on and ideas and, and rocket technology, et cetera, and let them carry on without all the politics between the different divisions of that made up the military. And uh, a quite fascinating uh, story as well, which I quite enjoyed, was the story of how they found the first astronauts. And initially they thought, well, you know what, if we're going to get astronauts, let's get mountaineers, because mountaineers are good with altitude, they're fit, they're lean, they obviously got a bit of grit because they, you know, they, they know how to overcome, you know, with the proverbial mountaintops. And the issue was that they couldn't get the correct clearance uh, from a a military perspective for these people to take on some of the testing because remember it was during the space race there was uh, the, the cold war between uh, you know Russia and the United States and they couldn't just have anybody walk in there and suddenly be exposed to all these top 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 secret ideas projects things that were being built so that was a, a huge hurdle so after uh, following the idea of of hiring mountaineers, uh, the, the idea was then to move over to test pilots because test pilots had already done some work for the military. They already had some sort of clearance. It would be much easier to kind of adapt them. And also, quite honestly, who was prepared to be strapped to a rocket and just be shot into the air and hope for the best? Because that's essentially how it started. It was taking rockets that we know that were being used for military purposes, um, you know, to to shoot things down or to shoot at things, uh, and kind of adapt them a bit and kind of grow them and, and re-engineer them to make them work for space travel. And test pilots kind of had that sort of adrenaline rush slash gut feel that they would be able to do this kind of thing. So now, of course, many, many years later, uh, NASA is, uh, I think, almost found like a new energy with a lot of the things that are happening. There's been a huge private sector element that has come in. I mean, we all know our guy from Pretoria, Elon Musk, and SpaceX, who've got a, a fantastic presence there uh, at Cape Canaveral. There's Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin. And then, of course, Boeing, who are busy building the next generation uh, space tech there as well. And if you plan your trip well to the Kennedy Space Center or even just to the area, you might even get a chance to witness a rocket launch. So you can go onto the website there and they tell you when the next rocket launch is scheduled and you know, you can then sort of plan your timing accordingly because to see something like that live must be truly remarkable. I mean, it's a, a sensory experience unlike anything else and they've got different viewing platforms and, and different areas and this huge, huge area uh, that you can sort of witness and, and see these things. Uh, the Kennedy Space Center uh, Visitor Complex has an array of, of exhibitions, displays, They've got historic spacecraft, memorabilia, they've got shows, and of course you can also meet some NASA astronauts, uh, which is really great. And you can get to chat to them, and you can also ask them questions, etc. And it's it's got they've got different fascinating pockets of, of where space travel was, where it is now, and obviously there's a huge section now of showing where the future is, which is really exciting. And uh, yeah, some of my highlights, well, it was a chance to see the real-life retired space shuttle Atlantis. And the way they just display it and the way they do it is just world class. I mean, it is maybe, if 
for NASA, we should say it's out of this world. But it is just extraordinary. I mean, it's goosebump stuff. And then also there's the uh, the Saturn V uh, launch vehicle, which they've actually got in its full glory standing uh, in one of the uh, display buildings. And it is huge. It is absolutely massive. And to be able to read all these things and get to visit, you know, the entire experience was just was just phenomenal. I mean, it's just mind-blowing for, you know, being an adult, I think if you take your kids along or your teenagers, I mean, it's just on another level. One speech you will hear more than once uh, when you visit the Kennedy Space Center is uh, the one by John F. Kennedy on uh, September 12th, 1962, which he did at Rice University. And uh, the original speech is about 20 minutes long, but I'm going to spare you that because uh, there's a bit of a condensed version uh, of some of the highlights. Let's have a listen. But why some say the moon... Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. But if I were to say, my fellow citizens, that we shall send to the moon 240,000 miles away from the control station in Houston, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall, the length of this football field, made of new metal alloys, some of which have not yet been invented, capable of standing heat and stresses several times more than have ever been experienced, fitted together with a precision better than the finest watch, carrying all the equipment needed for propulsion, guidance, control, communications, food, and survival on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body, and then return it safely to Earth, re-entering the atmosphere at speeds of over 25,000 miles per hour, causing heat about half that on the temperature of the sun, almost as hot as it is here today, and do all this, and do all this, and do it right, and do it first, before this decade is out, then we must be bold. Many years ago, the great British explorer, George Mallory, who was to die on Mount Everest, was asked why did he want to climb it? He said, because it is there. Well, space is there. And we're going to climb it. And the moon and the planets are there. And new hopes for knowledge and peace are there. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Thank you. You have a John F. Kennedy, the man with a vision. And... Uh as the good book says, where there is no vision, the people perish. In this case, there was a vision. And uh, I love some of the stuff that he says because it really just, you know, if you really listen to that speech over and over again, we choose to go to the moon in this decade 
and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing to have that kind of leadership in South Africa? Draft a vision around something so extraordinarily bold and large that everyone can get behind. It'll organize the best of us to solve these problems. And yes, it'll be hard, but my goodness, will it be worth it? One of the big plans now for NASA and for the entire space industry is Artemis. It's a program that has a long-term goal to establish a permanent base on the moon and to facilitate human missions to Mars. And you'll see a lot of this uh, being uh, displayed and spoken about at uh, the Kennedy Space Center as well. And uh, it is really an exciting, exciting project. And I think we're going to hear more and more about Artemis as it uh, comes into uh, its uh, full glory. And as test flights are rolled out, we're going to see step by step as uh, we get to the moon, then on the moon establishing a base, and then from there going to Mars. I think that gives you a good taste of the Kennedy Space Center. There's only one way to wrap up the segment, and let's take a moment for some music. It's Elton John's Rocket Man on the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8. Follow the Santon Times on social media. At Santon Times. The Santon Times Hour continues. Welcome to the second half of the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8. I'm uh, Alexander Leipner, and that was Elton John's Rocket Man, performed by Taron Egerton, who played Elton in uh, the movie by the same name. And if you haven't seen uh, the movie Rocket Man, well, do yourself a favor and go make a plan to watch it. It's really great, and it tells you the story of uh, Elton John's life and how he became uh, the piano genius that he is today if you caught something intriguing during the show but uh, you missed all the details well don't worry uh, you can head over to the santantimes.ca and explore uh, the detailed show notes and you can also get a breakdown of all the highlights uh, from this week's edition and with uh, further reading and some links if you're looking for that and then also don't forget you can connect with the Santon Times on social media at Santon Times and uh, feel free to get into the conversation there as well and uh, you can post uh, online or send an email or DM or a voice note on the WhatsApp line also during the show as well. And you can choose your preferred platform and whatever you use. You can also use the hashtag SantonTimesHour. So I've been talking a lot uh, again this week. But uh, let me take a short break and turn to one of the places I had a chance to check out whilst in Orlando. Because if you're looking to plan a trip to Disney World or Universal Studios or anything like that as your sort of main focal point for the holiday, the planning is intensive. I uh, I believe the average Disney holiday, and I've been told this by people who work in this profession in terms of you know travel agents, etc. They said they have like a family holiday to Disney. It takes about seven months to plan. So hopefully this next bit will provide a shortcut uh, as I turn to the uh, Grove Resort and Water Park in Orlando, which has been awarded the TripAdvisor 2023 Traveler's Choice Award, as well as the title of Walt Disney World Good Neighbor Hotel. And uh, here to paint us a picture is Anna Stone. She's Director of Marketing and Business Development at the Grove Resort and Water Park in Orlando. And Anna, it's great to have you on the Santon Times Island. Thank you for joining us all the way from the United States. Thanks, Alex. It is great to be here. And we were so glad you had a chance to check us out. Listen, it was wonderful. And uh, like we discussed uh, off air, uh, we were chatting about how much there is to do in Orlando. And I suppose that's sort of 
part of the universe that you live in. I mean, you're kind of wanting to offer something on your own, but you realize that you're sort of part of a much bigger sort of ecosystem that uh, that is Orlando. Absolutely. So Orlando being the number one tourist city in the United States of America, there is so much to do. You know, I, I think the first thing that comes to people's minds, and it should, are the numerous amounts of theme parks around our property, the resort, but also around the city. And we know, of course, we have our loyalty clients that keep coming back to us, but the demand for the city is driven by the theme parks. And we are fully aware of that. Hence our Disney Good Neighbor partnership we have with the Disney company. Uh, That's something we're very, very proud of. But Yes, (laughs) there is a multitude of things to do uh, really right around the resort that drives demand into the city. Well, look, it's it's a fine balance. And I think if you visit your concierge desk, which is uh, right downstairs as you walk into into the resort, which is really nice, and you've got pretty much everything covered there. So if people are saying, look, you know, I'm going to come there, I'm going to enjoy as much as I can of the resort, but... I do want to go and see all there is to see in uh, Orlando and some of the stuff I knew uh, before I got there and some of the stuff I only found out when I got there. And that's sort of also, once again, a bit of a juggle that you have to work out. But it's all there and you can kind of book a lot of tickets. You can you can organize yourself pretty much on site uh, at the Grove Resort. And I thought that was actually a really nice uh, attraction to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mentioned the theme parks, but to your point, restaurant reservations, excursions, alligator tours, uh, you know, zoo tours, anything really you can think of can be booked at the concierge desk, uh, which is just an added plus, right? It helps people save on time. They don't have to get to their destination and then wait in line again. And also pre-plan. We have professionals on site that will help you plan your whole week. Mm. In fact, we get a lot of international travelers at our resort and the majority of them stay 10 to 14 and some even up to 21 days. So it can help you plan your entire stay while you're there. It's, it's definitely an added bonus. Alex. Well, I know there's a lot of people going through this process if they are planning to, to visit Orlando and, and do Disney and do Universal Studios and do all the things that you can see uh, in Orlando. Uh, one of the exercises that probably a lot of people are going through is saying, well, look, do I, do I get a really nice hotel with, you've got a water park, you've got some incredible stuff you can do on site. Uh, and then also, obviously, you have access to all the other things I want to do in and around Orlando. Or do I say, well, listen, I'm just going to sleep there. So maybe let me just get something really basic and uh, and then, you know, spend all my time outside of the hotel. And I want to just remind people once again that there's actually a bit of a fine balance. Uh, trying to do parks and attractions back to back is 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 really rough. I mean, unless you've done comrades or you've done some sort of marathon or you're some sort of uh, triathlete trying to do this uh, is 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 tricky and i even had an uber driver uh, tell me when people arrive in orlando they look all happy and fresh and they leave broken at the end of a week or two having gone through all the stuff so i want to remind you that it's actually a really good idea to have a really nice hotel where you do have some attractions there because you actually want to take that time out in between, maybe it's a day, maybe it's two days, each park to just recoup, recover, do something fun, do something different. And and I think and that's kind of what you guys have got as well. I mean, you've got a water park, you've got all kinds of attractions, you've even got your own lake. Yeah, I think the great thing about our resort, Alex, is so 
a couple of things. First of all, you mentioned going to the theme parks. A great amenity that we have as a Disney Good Neighbor Hotel is a complimentary shuttle. Yes. So if you want to park and leave your car there the whole time or fly in and not even have a car, that is completely doable with transportation. But I think the great thing is, you know, you were talking about, well, do I go all out for a hotel room or do I go basic? I'm just sleeping there. Um, the great thing that we offer is that because our rooms are condos, they're full condos with kitchens and washer and dryers and things of that nature, they're actually a great value for the cost. So to your point, you can go to the theme parks and come back and maybe cook your own dinner. Or you can go to the theme parks one day and then come back and spend the day at our completely free water park that, by the way, at this time of the year is heated as well. Uh, we're in winter season, Alex. So even in winter, we're still very warm in Orlando. It's a great place to get away to. I, I like the self-catering option. I must say, I, I really enjoyed uh, that element of it because I think it's really something that South Africans also identify with quite a bit. And you've got these two and three bedroom suites, which come with full kitchens with all the, the bells and whistles in terms of stoves and, and, and ovens and and fridges and all the crockery and cutlery you need. And, and sometimes you just come back from a park and you actually don't have the energy to go have a dinner somewhere. And you just literally say, you know what, I'm just going to yeah. make something really simple and fall into bed and worry about uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. So it, that, that is a really good thing to have. And I, th I think it's a, a really nice option to have. Uh, that sort of flexibility and uh, and definitely something that I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Before we wrap up, I want to just touch on uh, some new developments that you've got coming up. You've got the Terraces launching uh, in May this year, which is a sort of a more adult-focused element or, or section of the of the resort. Absolutely. So we are opening the Terraces at the Grove Resort. It's going to be on that 106-acre preserve that we spoke about earlier. It is an adult-focused property. So still uh, condo-like suites in two and three bedrooms, also some standard-like hotel rooms at that property as well. It's not going to be quite as large as the Grove. It'll be 160 rooms in total, but it really is more of that upscale, quiet, calm atmosphere. Uh, of course, children are welcome, but really catered to couples and single travelers and perhaps a couple traveling without their kids uh, on vacation to Orlando that still want to enjoy all the theme parks. It's going to have two restaurants. It's going to have a poolside bar, an infinity pool. It's going to have some really great amenities that we're excited about. And with that addition to the resort as a whole, uh, will be a little over a thousand total units uh, on the 106 acre property. Well, fantastic. There you have it. Anna Stone, Director of Marketing and Business Development at uh, the Grove Resort and Water Park in Orlando, Florida in the United States. Uh, thank you so much for making the time to be on the Saturn Times Hour. And of course, we're going to put up all the details uh, on the website and and obviously some more uh, photos and insights from uh, sort of my firsthand experience there uh, just to help you and guide you uh, as you plan your trip uh, in the future to uh, that part of the world. From Greater Santon to the rest of the world, this is the Santon Times Hour. Well, finally, let's get to uh, Universal Studios and Disney World, if you've been holding out for that. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about that. So what's really interesting to start with is the fact that Universal Studios and Disney World, they're not just one park. I was under the impression it was just one park, but it's not. So Universal Studios consists of multiple parks. You've got Universal Studios Florida, Universal's Islands of Adventure, then you've got Universal's Volcano Bay, which is sort of a water park. And then you've got Universal City Walk, which is like a really big waterfront kind of shopping mall development. So that's the Universal Universe. 
excuse the pun, and then there's another park that's coming online in 2025, which they're building called Universal Epic Universe. On the Disney front, very similar kind of picture. So Walt Disney World Resorts consists of the Magic Kingdom, which is, I think, the one that most people know with the castle and that picture that you've got. Then there's Epcot, which has got that massive dome slash globe that a lot of people have seen on pictures. There's Disney's Hollywood Studios, there's Disney's Animal Kingdom, and then there's Disney Springs, which is also a shopping mall type waterfront development with a whole bunch of shops and restaurants, etc. that you can visit as well. Both Disney Springs and Universal City Walk, they don't require an entrance fee. So you just go there, you can walk around as much as you want. It's fabulous. They've got shops, restaurants, entertainment, etc. There's a Hard Rock Cafe at uh, City Walk, and then also at uh, Disney Springs. I think it's the biggest Disney store in the world that you can go shop at alongside a whole bunch of other brands. There's also a great Coca-Cola um, store there as well. It's great, great Coca-Cola memorabilia. To just give you an idea, I mean, I kicked off with Universal Studios as my first park to check out, and it took me 37,000 steps in a day, which I worked at is roughly about 30 kilometers that I walked. And after that first day, I was so broken, I ended up having a bath and decided to actually retire my sneakers that I'd taken with me. I donated them to one of the hotel staff, and I said, guys, I'm, I'm going to go get myself some proper sneakers because these shoes have had it. They were done. So I went to go get myself some proper shoes. I'd seen a lot of people walking around with you know specific brands, and I chatted to them, and they said, no, no, these, these are fantastic. Or oh, get these ones. These are great. So I went out, got myself some proper shoes, and I was ready for the next park. But in terms of Universal Studios, I mean, you can combine uh, Universal Studios Florida and uh, Universal's Island of Adventure, which are kind of sitting like next to each other. And uh, there you've got the, uh, you know, all the big things. You've got Harry Potter, uh, which a lot of people enjoyed. And the kids absolutely loved Harry Potter. Uh, There was so much to do and see there. You can have, uh, what's it called? Butter beer. You can drink that. You can get magic wands. You can dress up in 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 your Harry Potter a coat and you can decide which you know house you're part of and i mean yeah it's the, it's the whole the whole thing then you've got the marvel superheroes which is quite an interesting one because that's just been bought by disney uh so that's sort of still running under license uh on the on the universal studio side you've got jurassic park you've got king kong dr seuss the simpsons i mean all of that is there and they've all occupying sort of a, a section of universal so you can really see by the time you've looked at jaws by the time you looked at fast of the furious by the time you've looked at all the different attractions they've got it is it is a, an incredibly long day but it's like you just cannot get enough i mean you're running around you want to see everything you want to do everything and and that's what just makes it such a wonderful experience even though the park is so huge you need to plan everything through an app which really makes your life a whole lot easier and what's also really cool is that uh, universal studios has got this refillable soft drink cup that you can purchase. <clears throat> I think it costs about $15. You can convert that into rands. I think it's about 300 rand. I know you're going to say that's insane, but you get to refill your cup endlessly during that day. I think they've got about 100 different soft drink flavors. Fanta Coke, Sprite, the stuff that you know, but like each one of them has got like another 10 or 20 variants that you can try out. And what's also really nice about the US is that uh, most of the places I went to, I found that everywhere they have water fountains really good water fountains with filtered water. It's clean, it's free, and you can refill those things. I would love to see more of those in South Africa because I find that's such a great thing to have as a public service. Uh, One thing that becomes quite evident when you visit these parks is that you need to get yourself these fast track passes because if you want to get onto all of the rides, if you want to experience everything, 
Uh, like one of the things that people really enjoyed was that Hogwarts Express. So they have a Hogwarts Express, which takes you from Universal Studios Florida on a train to the Universal's Island of Adventure. And that queue can be unbelievably long. I mean, when I say unbelievably long, you can end up waiting there an hour, an hour plus, which you don't really want to do because if you've only got like a day or so, you want to make sure you get to see as much as you can. So if you've got a fast pass, which will cost you some extra rons, but it literally lets you skip the queue. I mean, you're talking about going from like an hour to like 10 minutes, which is really worth the effort. There's also some uh, some exciting shows apart from the the, the rides. Uh, you know, there's the one thing that I watched was called the Bourne Stuntacular, which is based on the whole Jason Bourne series. Fantastic. Brilliantly done. The sort of integration between 3D LED screens and real life action and and actual physical structures inter- integrating with each other. It is just, I don't even know how to explain it, but it really is something to watch and something to see. There's obviously tons of shopping. And this is what I thought the, the US does unbelievably well is merchandise. If there's a character, if there's a an idea, if there's a movie, a TV show, whatever, trust me, there's a store that has all the merchandise. Mugs, t-shirts, caps, earrings, slip slops, Christmas decorations, you name it, it's there. And it's there on every corner and there's no getting away from it. Coming to Walt Disney World Resort, I mean, there, once again, you have to pick and choose quite carefully what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. You pay for each park. I wouldn't say it's cheap, quite the contrary. So you want to pick and choose what you want to do because chances are I don't think you're going to be able to do all of it, especially if you're only there for like a week. Uh, I managed to do uh, the Magic Kingdom, which is obviously the one to go see, uh, which is five times bigger than the one in Paris, uh, Euro Disney, just to give you an idea of the scale. Uh, Disney Hollywood Studios has got a lot of the live action things. I saw the Frozen musical. They have sort of like a, uh, a summary version of it, which is fantastic. There's the Indiana Jones experience. There's also a wonderful cinema which tells the story of Walt Disney. And, and that is something to see as well. It's just one of these little hidden things that not everybody goes to see, but you need to go see that. And then also Disney's Animal Kingdom. A lot of people said to me, you've got to go there. I mean, obviously coming from Africa, it might be a little bit different because people like to go see the lions and all that stuff. We said, well, you know, we've got a lot of those back home, so you might not want to go see all of that. But they did say there was a fantastic Avatar ride, which I didn't do. That might be something that might motivate you. And then Disney Springs is just an incredible place to walk around. Uh, and see it. And one interesting thing is, like, you know, when I first walked into Disney, I felt that the idea of Disney is so much larger than the parks could ever live up to. I mean, your picture of Disney and Disney World from being a small child, I mean, we know, we learned about Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck from when we were little kids. Then having to recalibrate that into an adult mind and seeing what you saw, see, on the one hand, it's so much more than what you expected. On the other hand, it's not. It's a theme park. But really, it starts coming together throughout the day. And I must actually have a laugh. I actually saw a t-shirt that a dad was wearing that said, most expensive day ever. <laughs> and yes, it probably is going to be the most expensive day ever. But let me tell you, it is going to be one of those days you're never going to forget. Or one of those holidays you're never going to forget. And if you've got kids, and if they're somewhere between 8 and 13 years old, which I highly recommend... I think that's about the right age to take them. Uh, I laugh because, uh, you know, there's people who come with really young kids and they've got strollers and they've got all this stuff. And you just, it's its its a long walk to have to push someone around or carry someone around through that whole park. And then obviously all the other things like buying trinkets and food. 
And then also then some of the rides they can't do, et cetera, et cetera. It's a bit hectic. So if you've got somebody who can actually walk themselves around and actually take themselves around, I think that makes a huge difference. But also like remembering all of this stuff and experiencing all this stuff is much better, I think, between 8 and 13 years old than maybe if you're a, a really, really young kid. And if it's one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. And I must say what pulled the entire experience together for me at the end was this amazing 3D mapped magic castle where they project this amazing presentation slash show onto the magic castle. It gets sprinkled with fireworks at 8 p.m. at night and it's on for a good 15 minutes. And it's truly a moving experience. And it's one of those moments in my life that are so hard to describe, but I can tell you right now, if you haven't seen it for yourself, it's just magical. To sum it all up, well, Walt Disney World Resort is often referred to as uh, the happiest place in the world. And quite honestly, every time I think of this visit, it really evokes the most incredible emotions in me. And uh, they are going to be anchored in my memory forever. And if you ever have the opportunity to do it, and especially if you have kids, this will certainly be a holiday you will never forget. Let's take a quick musical break and wrap it all up after this. The best of Santon and beyond. You're listening to the Santon Times Hour. This is the Santon Times Hour on Mix 93.8. And uh, what better way to ease into the final minutes of this week's discussion around flying to space and visiting Disney World then Hale Bailey's rendition of Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid. How magical. But as we uh, get into the last few minutes, uh, I wanted to take a moment to share something quite remarkable with you. And uh, a little bit personal. But something that I did during lockdown was something you might have heard of back in the days. There was this interesting movie and book that came out that spoke about manifesting things into your life. And some people might say, oh, this is so airy-fairy or it's so wishy-washy or whatever. And that's fine. That's totally fine. And I'd heard about it at that time as well. And uh, they were talking about doing a dream board or a vision board. And a few years later, I uh, ended up having some great uh, business mentors who've moved overseas. And they once again reignited this idea of creating a vision board for your life, for the year ahead, for the next couple of years ahead. What do you want to do? What do you want to see? Who do you want to be? What do you want to own? Etc. Etc. Get a couple of magazines, cut out some pictures. These days you can also do it digitally. You can go onto the internet, maybe get some pictures, put it together in a nice little collage, print it out, put it up in your office or put it up at home. And just look at it every day. Kind of just think about these things, you know, things that you're really interested in doing and seeing and being and, and owning and all that kind of stuff. So I did this during lockdown. And on that vision board were things like Disney World, Gianni Versace's restaurant in Miami like really amazing things that I had no idea how I was ever going to do that or ever going to see that. And there was no plan in place to do that. Now, if any of the stuff had happened, I would have said, well, you know, you bought a ticket or I put a deposit down on a flight or there was a plan to do this. I would have said, well, you know what? Like, I don't think the vision board had much to do with it. But what was quite incredible is that how this came together by just being on a board and one day getting an email or a phone call to say, listen, uh, we'd like you to come and uh, and join us for this uh, this cruise in Miami without having any plan of ever going there. And suddenly looking back on this vision board and going, my goodness, there's a picture of the place that I put on that vision board. And through some divine intervention, here we are 
doing that exact thing right now. And let me tell you that it's absolutely profound. So if there's anything that I want to leave you with is as you plan your year ahead, as you've maybe already sort of brewed over your New Year's resolutions, maybe I can encourage you to put together a vision for your life for this year, maybe for the next couple of years, of what you want to be, what you want to do, what you want to see, what you want to own. As ridiculous as it may sound, even if people will laugh at you, it doesn't matter. Just do it. Put it up and look at it every day and dream a little bit. I think we don't dream enough anymore. And let it percolate in your mind, in your space. And who knows, maybe something really amazing happens one day. And if it does, I hope you email me. I hope you WhatsApp me. I'd love to hear that story. In the words of Disney, go forth and make your dreams come true. And may you find your happily ever after. I think it's all we have time for this week on the Stanton Times Hour on Mix 93.8. And is always available as a podcast on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and uh, all leading digital audio platforms. If you want to get in touch, email editor at santantimes.co.za or get in touch on social media at Santon Times and visit the website www.santantimes.co.za. Feel free to send through your uh, questions, your comments, your feedback. And once again, Vincenzo, thank you for all your help and uh, the team at the Santon Times as well as Mix93.8. Thank you for all your help. There's really only one way to wrap up the show this week, and that's to play out with Jordan Fisher and Angie Kay with a song called Happily Ever After. Thank you for listening. It's great to have everybody back, and let's do it all again next week.